Hey guys, before we get started with this week's episode, we've recently started inserting local artists and bands music at the end of every episode, so stay tuned at the end of this episode of the Two Dids Podcast for a feature of a Manitoba band artist musician, and we hope you enjoy. Now, on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Two Idiots Podcast. I'm Reg. I'm Randy. And we're two idiots trying to figure out the world one conversation at a time. And in so doing, we have a doctor on the show today. Uh, Perhaps welcome. our most decorated, one of our most decorated guests we've ever had <laughs> in terms of certificates and degrees. <laughs> yeah, reading reading through your long list of, of accolades and schooling and stuff. Uh, welcome here, Dr. Adam Decker. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. You got the tonight. <laughs> Do you go around? Is that how you introduce yourself to everybody? Like, no, no, no. It's doctor. Dr. Adam. No, just with my wife, usually. (laughs) (laughs) Smart. Smart. Uh, So in order to embarrass you further, I don't know if you're embarrassed by it, but we're going to go through your... Because Randy and I, neither of us have any post-secondary education, and uh, it's fun to list the people that do. So (laughs) a PhD in applied health science from the U of M. Uh... A master's of exercise physiology from California University of Pennsylvania, a bachelor's of education in health and physical education, uh, and a bachelor's degree in kinesiology and exercise science. You um, are quite. Let us not forget the professional certificate in data science from Harvard University. Oh, you know, just, yes. just to really put us to shame. Right. Jesus. <laughs> that sounds we, a lot more impressive than it is. We should probably just cancel this. This is, I don't think this is going to work out. Um, also currently working for the New Jersey Devils. You have a history with the Cirque du Soleil, which I'm interested to yeah. get into. Um, and then with, uh, I think you have U of M Sports. Or you If I remember that right. Uh, the Canadian uh, Sports Center, which, yeah, it's based at the U of M. Yeah, okay. Cool. Well. So, now that we've listed your endless, endless accolades. How overqualified you are for this show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's start by, um, actually, firstly. Recording record. in progress. Yep, forgot to record the video. Again. There we go. So, we're going to, now we're recording that. Um, so, yeah, let's start off with, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, and I've been asking people, um, what's your favorite movie? Okay, yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Winnipeg, born and raised in Winnipeg. I uh, lived there for most of my life anyway. Recently, I've been uh, traveling quite a lot, um, obviously with working with Cirque du Soleil. Uh, my wife and I moved to Montreal, so we were there for about two years. Cool. And then uh, now with the, the Devils, we're living most of the year in New Jersey and still splitting some time in Winnipeg. Um, about me, what else? I mean, you kind of read my resume. Uh, most of my <laughs> adult life has been in school and work. Uh, so not too much that I have a I have a son who just turned one. Okay. Uh, Finley, Congrats! Which, That's uh, awesome. He's an amazing kid. Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and my favorite movie, uh, I've got a bunch. I mean, I love stupid comedy, so anything like Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> old school. <laughs> old, I mean, that kind of stuff. It all gets me. Yeah, and then uh, you know, I love uh, Fargo is definitely one of my favorites as well. I mean, I've got a bunch, but those are ones that jump to mind. Good call. Good call. Any any. Any guest of ours that likes Dumb and Dumber and, and Ace Ventura and the like is is a friend of ours. So okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, I can movie coach y'all there. <laughs> I was on the fence until now, but now I think we can get. <laughs> I sold you, great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the pre-test to come on the show. It's like if you can pass that test, you're good. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll be welcome awesome. back. Yeah. 
Awesome, man. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's start with, okay, so tell us what, because your, your current title with the New Jersey Devils is, if I'm, if I read it right, lead performance scientist, assistant, the spray, wow, something, something, <laughs> something, coach of the New Jersey Devils. Maybe tell us what your job is with, 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 with the club. Sure. Yeah. So I have three kind of major functions and mostly my job is around sports science, which is kind of what I've been doing mostly for the last five years. I started out more as a strength conditioning coach, truthfully, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was with Sport Manitoba and then at the Canadian Sports Center. But really since uh, my doctoral work and my work with Cirque du Soleil, I've really transitioned more into sports science. So that's largely what I do with uh, the New Jersey Devils. Um, So I'm there full time. So I live in New Jersey now uh, pretty much the whole year round, except for a couple of visits to Winnipeg. so my job is really three things. So one is uh, I'm responsible for all of the data collection uh, for the team. So things like internal workload on the ice. So when the players are on the ice, we'll have them wear these kind of biomechanical vests, biometric vests. And so we'll look at their heart rate, breathing rate. We can look at like blood lactate concentrations, all these different things. So basically like how is their body responding to the work we're putting them through? Um, on the ice, we also measure something called external workload, which we use inertial sensors to do that. So we use like go- global positioning systems or a local positioning system. Uh, we can look at like velocity, acceleration, change of direction, uh, really any, any sort of uh, mechanical work they're doing. Um, we also will look at their kind of daily readiness. So that's really a combination of like psychological metrics and performance measures. So we do something like, uh, like force plate testing or a specific test on like a watt bike, for example. Uh, we also collect data on their wellness, so their daily wellness. So we ask them what their sleep, nutrition, you know, what's their stress level like, are their muscles feeling sore, just kind of what their general mood is like. Um, I'm responsible for the fitness testing for the team, so all the preseason and postseason testing. Um, we do a, quite a lot of <laughs> testing there um, <laughs> as well. So beyond the data collection, I also help rehab and uh, train the players. So in the in-season, um, I'm responsible for the working with our uh, physiotherapist and athletic therapist to deliver the rehab for any of the injured players. And then uh, in the off-season, I work with our head strength coach to deliver our off-season program. So some of that's done locally in New Jersey, and then some of that is also coordinated with the players, depending on where they live. Like we have a lot of guys in Sweden, for example. Yeah. So we coordinate with their strength coaches and make sure they're doing this, the stuff that we think they need to be doing. And then the last part, um, all of the data analysis and like knowledge translation. So basically a lot of statistics and then taking those stats to develop really lessons learned for the coaches, the management and our player development staff. So we develop like individual development plans for each player as well. <laughs> I can only imagine what the players who were like, you know, in the locker room with a cigarette in their mouth, having half a beer <laughs> in the intermission must think about all this health and wellness. That I, exact same now. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> it's a bygone era. I was going to ask yes. so on that, on that tangent. I mean, um, I assume most teams have, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger sports science kind of programs and, and departments. Where would you kind of think the, the devils are at as far as, league overall in your experience uh in terms of size um i would say we're kind of the i'd say we're pretty typical um you know most staffs in the nhl now have uh usually one sports scientist and they'll have like a head strength coach which is what we have um some teams will also add another layer to that and have like a director of performance science who kind of oversees that um but we we also my direct boss is uh 
the vice president of athlete care. So he sort of takes on that responsibility where he's responsible for both the medical staff. So the physios and athletic therapists and massage therapists and dietitian. Um, but he also uh, oversees myself as a sports scientist and our head strength coach. So he kind of encompasses all that. Some teams have bigger, um, but I'd say ours is pretty typical. As you get into different sports, you know, like the NFL, NBA, um, you do see larger staffs. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Right. That's typical. NHL always gets <laughs> well, much, much bigger side, rosters but... too, like NFL rosters, you know, 52 yeah. guys. So Yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. And um, like you said, the, the NHL does tend to be a little bit slower uh, to evolve than some of, some of these other leagues. So we're, I think we're catching up a little bit still. Yeah, and the NHL doesn't like fun, so they, they fall behind <laughs> in most things anyway. Um, the fact that we have a team called the Seattle Kraken joining the league is um, mind-boggling to me oh, that phenomenal. they didn't kibosh that and call it the whatever. I don't know. The Seattle Seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sponsorship opportunities are pretty ripe there for sure. Oh, pff, no oh, kidding. 100%. <laughs> um, I know you mentioned we can't necessarily talk specifically about players, but is there any players on the roster that stand out as like the peak? Um, you know how every team, I'm a, I'm a Wings fan, so back in the day, like Chris Chelios was just like a athletic freak and he was always, he could probably still play today. Um, guys like that. Is there anyone that stands out to you on the current Devils roster that you could point to that's just like a, just a crazy just pure athleticism? Freak? Yeah. yeah, I mean, in terms of just like pure athleticism, it's easily Mackenzie Blackwood, our goalie. Oh, okay. uh, I mean, he is one of the best athletes I've ever seen in my life. He is, uh, <laughs> he could play tight end in the NFL if he wanted to. Like, he is just <laughs> wow. unbelievable. Like, the guy can do anything you ask him to do. Uh, yeah, he, he's an incredible athlete. I mean, his size, his speed, just the way he moves, his explosiveness, it's, it's pretty remarkable. That's wild. <laughs> so, walk us through kind of an average day in the life as a, as a sports scientist working with an NHL team, let's say it's mid season, you know, March something, you're going through the grind. Um, kind of what, uh, what does a day for you look like? Yeah. So it kind of depends on if it's a game day or a practice day, we don't have a lot of off days, especially not this past season with uh, the condensed schedule. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, on a, so on a game day, typically I'll, I'll show up kind of around eight thirty in the morning. Um, usually I'll get a little bit of kind of my data science work done um, then the guys will come in, they'll do kind of their warm up before their morning skate. So we'll help them kind of with their warm ups and anything they need for that. Um, then I'll get all their sports science gear into their equipment. So I'll track all of their work during the morning skate. Um, I'll go watch morning skate. And then when they come off, um, again, we'll kind of help with some recovery, make sure they're getting good nutrition. Uh, and then I'll kind of do my analysis based on that base session. And then usually on a game day, I'll get to go home for a couple hours in the middle of the afternoon. So I'll kind of work from 8.30 till kind of 12, 30, 1 o'clock. I'll go home for a few hours and then come back about, you know, three, four hours before the game and kind of get everything ready to roll for game day. And then we have, uh, you know, warm-ups and kind of a repeat of what we did for the morning skate we do for game day. Just a little yeah. bit of a longer process with team meetings and stuff. Right. And then our practice day, it's kind of similar. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff, just kind of analysis, getting there equipment all set up uh, in terms of sports science, getting them warmed up and cooled down. And, and usually after, usually we don't do our lifts, like our strength conditioning work until uh, after a game. So we, we usually post game, they'll come in and, and we'll do a quick workout. Oh, right. Okay. Right. In terms of the, the data science you're collecting, are you talking, is it in terms of like they wear these accelerometers and these, in these LPSs and stuff uh, during practice and, and, and whatever they're doing, are you like, basically taking guys info and going, okay, 
you need to tweak your wrist 30 degrees to the left as opposed to 25 <laughs> degrees to get like maximum effectiveness off this shot. No, we don't do a lot of like biomechanics work truthfully. I right. mean, we, we have a, um, I mean, any of the on ice stuff, I really don't get myself involved with. I'm <laughs> not even close to good enough to be giving them advice on anything. <laughs> so I don't pretend to do that. Um, we do obviously have uh, like coaches who do more of that work where they video individual training sessions with the players on ice and they'll, They'll, t- they'll talk about their shot or, you know, their passing technique, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll do more of that kind of stuff. Um, more of the stuff that I'm doing is really um, measuring how much work they're doing, what's their body's response to that work, um, you know, how do they – what are our practice sessions like versus games? Um, how does early in the season compare to late in the season? What's the first period look like compared to the second period, third period? Those are more the kind of questions we're asking and trying right. to figure out uh, how we can optimize their recovery and nutrition and things like that. That's – uh, gotcha. It's bananas. I can imagine it's a lot less exciting on your side, you know, with data points and blah, 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 blah. But from my perspective, it sounds really neat to be like in the trenches to be like, you know, day by day and figuring out how to best to and, and, you know, and, perform. And really a vital part of the organization, because if these guys aren't getting, you know, their optimal meals and the nutrition and their training, you know, they can suffer for that. So like, yeah. you're, you're very integral to the whole machine. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely am not jaded enough thankfully that i i find it boring or anything i mean i really i love it you know i certainly understand how people think you know running statistics on a computer could be pretty boring but you know the the data i'm looking at is is to me very interesting and i Mm -hmm. i think it does have an impact and uh yeah i'm extremely fortunate to do what i do i really love it and you can actually look and see these data points and they apply directly to a tangible player person performance something so you can kind of it's more like playing chess than less just staring at a page of numbers um, yeah i think that's one thing we really stress within our team and you know i've worked at a, with a bunch of different organizations uh, even in like consulting roles and part-time work you know in a lot of places whether you know sport or circus or whatever um you know you tend to see people collecting data for the sake of collecting it almost like you know yeah. we got to do this we'll check it off you know one of the things we really try to do is we say we're not going to collect anything unless we're actually going to put it into action so that's why I don't find it boring is because I know everything that I'm going to do and every, every number I crunch, you know, there is going to be some sort of a takeaway and some sort of actionable move from that. So it does make the work a lot more exciting when it's that. Yeah. Right. Have you come across any, um, um, I mean, joining a team, you're kind of dealing with these superstar athletes. I mean, if we're being honest, New Jersey doesn't have a ton of them right now, but they're up and coming. Um, but regardless, they're still NHL athletes. Have you, did you have any like starstruck moments or was there a bit of a transition getting used to dealing with these guys on a day-to-day basis that are at, you know, top of the line athletes? No, not really. I mean, uh, first off, we are, we have a really nice group of guys, which I mean, I, and I'm not just blowing smoke here. I would, I would, I wouldn't be so complimentary if they weren't, uh, we do have <laughs> a really course. nice group of guys. So it makes it really easy that way. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been working with athletes for a long time now. So I, you know, I wouldn't say I was starstruck, but I mean, there's, there's always like funny things that pop up. Like I'll tell you one story. I won't tell you which player, but um, you know, we were all sitting at lunch one day and, and one of the guys got a phone call and it was a FaceTime and it was Mark Wahlberg. And we were just <laughs> no we were all kind of sitting there like, what the hell? And then, uh, and then this player was like, nah, I'll just ignore it. And he just ignored Mark Wahlberg. So you know, that was kind of an interesting, an interesting moment where you're kind of like, what the hell am I doing right now? But yeah, wow. yeah no, I mean, we, we really do have a, a great group of people. It's, it's, I'm very lucky. You don't have to big, confirm big or deny. Big timing, but Mark Wahlberg, man. The cojones on that guy. I'm gonna guess that it's PK Subban. You don't have to confirm that, but that's my guess. <laughs> I can um, neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> but still, yeah, just to 
<clears throat> ah, wild. Okay. Um, <laughs> in your in your sports career so far, who would you say is the biggest celebrity of them all? Like not you you know athletes are in sometimes celebrities, sometimes they're not. But who would you say is the biggest like outside NHL outside of the sport? Uh, uh, I, I think the person who's probably got the most global appeal is probably PK, truthfully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and and rightfully so. I mean, he, he's so charismatic and he's, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of the work he's doing on ESPN lately in the playoffs. I mean, he's just, he's kind of born for that stuff. He's, he's, a, he's a great character, awesome teammate. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, I would say probably him. I mean, he's had some high profile relationships too, which, which yeah. definitely, yeah, kind of helped that. <laughs> um, you know, another guy I used to work with a little bit in Calgary was uh, John Montgomery, you know, the former um, skeleton uh, mm-hmm. who's now oh, like hosting okay. Amazing Race. So, you know, in Canada, I think he's got some appeal for sure. But yeah, I think PK probably, if we're talking global, is That's I think, cool. Yeah, I was going to, I have actually on my list to, to discuss um, Subban as an ESPN analyst that's i mean that's great when you see players transitioning that way especially if he's not in the playoffs you may as well use his his personality which like i said the nhl hates fun and so often they always want these canned answers and and you know boring little snippets mm-hmm. and stuff where, which suban is famous for not yeah. doing um <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that that he can lean into that and really own it and and bring some broad you know, appeal I, to the game I, Truthfully, I think he's the perfect guy for the league. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, the NHL, you know, tends to, you know, I don't want to trash it too much because it's my employer. So <laughs> I'm very grateful <laughs> for the NHL. But I think you're right. I mean, I think they could stand to have uh, stronger personalities in the public, yeah. especially from players. And I think PK is a perfect guy for that. He's well-spoken. He's extremely polite and charismatic and funny. Um, I think he's the perfect guy for it. He's doing a great job. For sure. 100% and set himself up post career, right? I mean, 100%, yeah. eventually things will start to go down for him. He's going to have to leave the game at some point. So good, yeah. to, good when guys think ahead like that. Okay. What is my next step? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. He's got is, his hands in a few pockets for sure. Is uh, Martin Berdur still around day to day? You ever see him around the rink or no? Uh, you know what? Yeah, he is. He's still in the organization. He, uh, he, I can't remember his exact title, but yes, he is one of our like player development people. Um, yeah, no, he's uh, he's a legend. We got a statue outside of the arena and <laughs> quotes all over the walls and everything. So it is, a little, you know, he's the guy that's a little surreal to see, only because, you know, I, obviously I grew up watching him a little bit. And, yeah. Um, you know, he is such a legend, and through the Olympics and everything he's done, it, yeah, he he's an impressive guy for sure. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of wild. I can't the, the well, who's the, who'd be the biggest NHL person? There? Jonathan Taves, I met once. Um, he was buying surround sound equipment when I was working at Best okay. Buy. Um, and I was like, I could feel my heartbeat beating in my mouth. And uh, which is weird because I'm not a Blackhawks fan, but like I, I kind of glanced over and I was like, no, what? No. And I kept like looking over and I tried to be subtle and guaranteed he knew. But then uh, as it happens, he walked up to me. He's like, oh, I'm looking for this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that would probably work. Um, <laughs> and as it turns out, what I sold him isn't compatible, so it wouldn't work together. <laughs> oh, you choked! Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know. I asked some people. I was like, "Will this adapter work?" And yeah, yeah it'll work. I googled it after. I was like, "No, nah, it won't work." But, um, well, if you think in terms of like national celebrity, even with Taves, right? You say you're not a Blackhawks fan, which you're not, but on the national stage, mm-hmm. what he's done with like World Juniors and Olympics, like. I would he's right up there with like Crosby in terms of national Canadian guys who are well known in hockey, right? Definitely. 
Yeah, no, it's just one of those. Again, that that's kind of kind of why I was curious as a Winnipeg boy, joining in with you know all these pro athletes slash celebrity type people. My reaction would be a lot more uh, <laughs> worrying, um, but uh, I guess it takes some time. But um, yeah, Randy, who's your biggest celebrity connection or, or even sports connection that that you kind of swooned? Um, meeting George Reed was cool. I met George Reed in Saskatchewan, and uh, I think it was one of the Labor Day classics. I don't remember. I was getting him to sign my jersey, and he had to go. And I was the next person in line and his PR person was pulling him. And he's like, hey, like, wait. So I didn't get a signature, but I got to, like, shake his hand and say hi. So that was cool. Um, he should have just signed it. He had time. I know, right? But it's cooler <laughs> shaking his hand anyway. Cooler memory. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you probably that in terms of sports. I met a lot of CFL players. So there's, like, Milt Steagles and guys like that. Um, my coach, when I was with the Rifles, uh, Moella Winibi, he's a Super Bowl and a Grey Cup champion. So that was really cool uh-huh. to to learn from a guy like that and have him coach you and teach you every day is a really cool experience. No kidding. What do you, what about you, Adam, other than NHLers and that you have any big uh, brushes with celebrity? Uh, well, actually at Cirque du Soleil, we would get a lot, um, oh, you know, yeah. like, you, you know, we, I worked at the international headquarters in Montreal. So often if a celebrity was in town to, uh, to do a concert or something, they would typically, a lot of them would, would show up to Cirque and get a tour. Uh, so I remember like one of my first days, uh, like Akon came in, like on one of my first shifts. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> but you know, so like funny. Tom Cruise had come by, Oprah had come by. What? I mean, all these, you get like, I didn't, I didn't see either of them, but uh, yeah, I mean, you get, you get some pretty big names coming through Cirque for sure. Um, <laughs> actually, it was funny on my first road trip with the Devils, the, um, we were in Boston and as we're walking, we're getting into the elevator just when we first arrived at the hotel. Um, remember Doc from Back to the Future? Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. remember his real name, but yeah, he was getting off the elevator as we were coming on it, so it was kind of funny. So, <laughs> no like Christopher way. Lloyd or something? Sort of a weird. Or... Yeah, Christopher Lloyd is that? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was kind of a funny moment. As soon as he steps off, <laughs> what year is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. we all kind of looked at each other like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So what? Walk, what? Yeah. What led you to Cirque? Because I mean, you go from I guess working at the U of M university to going to Cirque, did you seek them out or did they come talk to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, my career has been a real gradual climb. So I, I first started at Sport Manitoba. So right when I finished my master's degree, I was, I was really lucky to get a great job at Sport Manitoba and kind of work and build up their, the performance center there for the province. So for all of the provincial teams uh, in Manitoba, you know, most of them at some point will would likely train at the Sport for Life Center downtown. So I, uh, I played a big role in that facility for like eight years. And then from there, um, you know, you say I worked at U of M. I was, uh, it was located at the U of M, but I was actually working for the Canadian Sports Center. Right. Um, so I was doing their, uh, uh, some sports science, strength conditioning, talent ID stuff uh, with the Canadian Sports Center. And actually what happened was when I was there, I, I was speaking at a conference in Banff because um, I'm, I'm a consultant for a company called Sport for Life, which if you've ever heard of like the long-term athlete development model, um, you know, they're really the designers of that model. And so I'm, I'm fortunate to be a consultant for them. And so I was speaking at this conference with my, uh, at the time, a really good friend and colleague, but who uh, eventually became my PhD advisor. And anyway, we're, we're presenting and um, the guy who was in the back of the audience kind of kept creeping closer and closer to the stage. And we were kind of wondering <laughs> what the hell is going on. A and then as soon as, yeah, it was a little creepy. And then as soon as we finished, <laughs> Uh, his name is Patrice Aubertin. And as soon as we finished, uh, he came up to us and said, hey, that was fantastic. Um, you know, would you guys ever consider doing anything with uh, circus? 
And, uh, and I, to be honest, I had never seen a Cirque du Soleil show or anything. I, I really didn't know what he was. I kind of pictured like elephants and peanuts and that Pinky kind of circus. Right. Yeah. yeah, Barnum <laughs> Bailey, right? I, I yeah. really had no idea what he was talking about. Um, and then, uh, and then, so my PhD advisor, Dean, said, you know, this could be really cool. He's like, rather than work, why don't you do your doctorate? You're, he and I were talking about me doing my doctorate anyway. So he's like, hey, why don't we come up with a cool project you can do with Cirque du Soleil? And then that way, you know, you can get something out of it. They can get something out of it. And it'll be kind of a cool combo. So uh, Patrice was really into that. And so, you know, fast forward a few months later, I was doing my doctoral degree at the U of M and studying Cirque du Soleil artists and their physiology and psychology and things like that. And so that was kind of my first connection with them. And so I did a, my PhD took like five years, I think. And so throughout that process, I, I spent a lot of time in Montreal um, working both at Cirque du Soleil and then Ecole Nationale de Cirque, which is the National Circus School. It's basically like a, a training center for um, developing circus artists who eventually go on to Cirque du Soleil or like um, Seven Fingers or, you know, any of the other famous circus around the world. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I got started working with them. And, and basically by the time I was done my PhD, uh, they just offered me a full-time job to be their sports science person at their international headquarters. And I really couldn't say no to that. So <laughs> backed up the family and we, uh, we moved to Montreal. And that's actually where my son was born, was in Montreal when I was working at Cirque. Cool. No, I mean that's, that's awesome. I mean, on clearly, I mean, we were going through all your your certifications and your your qualifications uh, on your LinkedIn profile. There's there's titles to articles such as "Putative Mechanisms of Elevated Injury Rates After Vacation Break" and "Elite Circus Artists." So, if people weren't sure, you know, whether you had earned any of those titles, I'd say that you did. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that. Again, I've I've watched uh, just Cirque du Soleil YouTube clips, and you know I've been kind of peripherally aware of Cirque du Soleil, as most Canadians and most people probably are. Um, yeah. But like, what what is that like? Like, it's it's a total different switch. I mean, it's still sports, but it's not the traditional you know running, jumping. You know, it is, but it's more flexible right. and fluid. And it, tell us about that. How how's that? How was that experience? Yeah, it was wild. I mean, so when you asked me earlier about did I kind of have any aha moments or any kind of moments where I was kind of taken aback by somebody, mm-hmm. um, not so much at working in sport, but at Cirque, yeah. Like the, my first day at Cirque du Soleil, I remember this was when I first started my PhD and my first trip out to Montreal. And I walk in and you all kind of have to picture this, but there was a guy, uh, you know, he's maybe like 6'2", 210 pounds, and he's sitting on the floor eating his lunch and his, he's doing the splits <laughs> and then he's just kind of casually eating his lunch. And then you look up and there's a guy who's equally as big as him doing a single handed handstand on the guy's head. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's eating lunch. And I, I was just Whoa. like, what? Yeah. So that was the moment where I was like, oh boy, I don't think I'm qualified for this. this is crazy. <laughs> so that was kind of scary just because the stuff these guys can do. I mean, I shouldn't say guys, these men and women can do yeah. is uh, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, they are absolutely incredible. This episode of the Studious Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. The sun's out, bums are out, and hopefully your pubes are not out. That's true. Also, flip-flop season is upon us, and you're out there with those post-pandemic toenails? God, don't worry. Our friends at Manscaped have you covered. They just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears TM 2.0 nail grooming kit. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code IDIOTS. 
Look at that. Easy. Now, we've all heard our balls. Some have been trimming. You know, it happens. Ladies, too. I'm sure you, you, sure you nick areas you don't want to nick. So, uh, what Manscaped does for you is performance package 4.0, including a new lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is going to change the way you approach grooming routine. It's got a ceramic blade. The thing will not clip you. It's, 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 it's a fantastic machine. True that. True that. With advanced skin safe technology, they got the 4000K LED spotlight, a 7000 RPM motor, an on off travel lock, an LED spotlight. The thing's waterproof. You can do it everywhere and whenever you want in the dark. So, yeah, I'm sure ladies, I've, I've heard horror stories of people um, tearing skin while they're cleaning things up. So, just imagine doing that on a beanbag. <laughs> Ah, you got all mine in. No, thank you. Yeah. Now, the Forest Facts 4.0, you're also going to get the Weed Whacker. This is for trimming all your weeds up them nose and ears. Uh, also waterproof, uses a 9,000 RPM motor. You get a dual blade, 360-degree rotary system. Basically, if you got hair skin out of there, this thing is going to cut it. You're also going to get crop preserver ball deodorant and crop preserver ball toner to keep you nice and fresh. Now, they even threw in two free gifts. You're going to get the Manscaped boxers, which I'm currently wearing, and they're great. And the Shed Travel Bag, which is a real little, little transportation machine. True that. True that. So Manscaped will have you covered for everything to keep your game clean, smooth, fresh, beautiful, wonderful. Now, go to Manscaped.com, get 20% off, and free shipping with the code IDIOTS. That's 20% off, 20% off, and free shipping with the code IDIOTS at Manscaped. Tame that summer swamp in your pants. With Manscaped. Like, are are there like marked differences that you can pick out? Like, what what separates them? If you had to compare them to like an NHL athlete, like your premier NHL athlete to a Cirque du Soleil athlete, like, are there any huge differences that stick out, or are they very similar? Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious one is flexibility, but it, it depends, too, on the discipline. I mean, within circus, there's so many different disciplines, right? Like, if you're a uh, like a hand-to-hand artist, you know, you're going to be doing a lot of, like, balance, and it takes a huge amount of strength to be able to do mm-hmm. that. You know, but if you're, like, an acrobatic flyer, you know, you're probably five foot two and weigh 105 pounds, and you're mm-hmm. incredibly flexible and can maneuver aerially and all these different things. So, you know, Cirque is unique because there's so many different disciplines or positions, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, as a global statement, I mean, the biggest thing, yeah, is their flexibility. I mean, there was a woman – well, this was very common, actually. I shouldn't say a woman. There was many um, who can do like a 17-inch oversplit. So they can do the splits, but not only can they do the splits, they'll put one of their legs up on a chair. And then they'll actually oh. still be doing – and they'll yeah, still yeah. be able to do the splits. And that, to them, is like nothing. That's so crazy. I can barely yeah. get up and out of chairs. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I turn 30 and I feel like I got run over by a car every time I wake up. So, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're amazing. Oh, incredible. Incredible. Um, yeah, no, I think they occasionally come to Winnipeg, do some Cirque shows. Is that so? I mean, is is it similar to like off Broadway where it's it's separate um, troops that do different cities or is it they kind of train in Montreal and then they hit up all these cities on tour or how, kind of how does that work? Yeah, so the, actually the really cool thing about my job in, in Montreal was any show that gets created by Cirque du Soleil actually gets created in Montreal because it was okay. founded there and, um, you know, all of their <laughs> kind of full or most of their full-time coaches work out of there. Um, so even like O, for example, well, O is kind of a unique one because of the water, but, um, you know, if you take like um, Curios, you know, which is a mm. traveling show, I think was in Winnipeg relatively yeah, recently. Was, yeah. 
um, you know, that show actually was created and built totally in Montreal. So their music, the staging, the costumes, the actual um, uh, collaboration between like the artists and coaches, every, every technical element of the show um, is fully created in Montreal. So that was really cool because you get to see shows being built from the ground up and then, and then they go off on tour. So typically a, a performer will work only for one show. Um, so they'll go work for Curios and then they'll travel around the world with Curios for a couple of years. I mean, they can always transfer into another show if they choose to. Uh, but typically, yeah, it's sort of a troop or a group um, that that takes part in each show and they kind of stick with that show for a while. Just because right. their each show has such specific acts, yeah. um, it, it's really hard to bring people in and out. Um, yeah, I imagine quickly. you really rely on the chemistry between everybody who's worked together for so long, right? It's probably hard to plug and play some people in. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So typically, actually, what they do with that is um, if they have like an injury on the show and actually any artist globally who suffers a significant injury, they actually do their rehab um, in Montreal. So that was one of the things I was doing. OK, but um, but yeah, it's pretty neat. I mean, you get you get to see like really parts of every show and um, Cirque really treats their employees well. I mean, I, I've been able to see so many Cirque shows and, you know, go out to Las Vegas a bunch of times to watch shows and stuff. And uh, it was it was it was a very special time. It was a, it was a great job. That's so cool. That's I, cool. I've been meaning to go when they're in Winnipeg, and I just have not. Um, if but if I when and if I eventually am allowed to go to Montreal, that uh, that will definitely be something I need to check out. Yeah, um, if you ever do go, uh, shoot me a text, and I can I can get you in at the the center there for sure. Oh, yeah, be I, will, awesome. I will. I will definitely hold you to that. <laughs> um, speaking of, that's a good segue because as we were talking, I had a. I had a thought about injuries and now you just naturally mentioned it. And then I butchered this segue. So we're going to keep going. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with Cirque and we'll move on to maybe the NHL. But what would you say, what's the most common injury and maybe what's the, I don't know, I don't know how to word this tactfully, the most horrific one that you've seen. One of the worst ones. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll start with the horrific one. So uh, at Cirque, this was a really pretty gruesome one. Uh, Well, I mean, Really, on the very unfortunate side, I mean, Circa, because of the danger of Circa Slay, there are artists who do die, unfortunately. And, mm. You know, it, it is very safe, though. I mean, in the last, like, 50 years, I think it's, I think there's been a total of, like, six people. I mean, but mm. six is still too many. So yeah, they do sure. everything they possibly can to prevent those things. But um, on a lighter note, you know, one of the more gruesome ones, and luckily the guy had a full recovery, so I'll tell you the story. Mm-hmm. Um, he was training for a show. I think it was Volta. I believe. Mm, no, it was Run. Excuse me, it was Run which is like a stunt show uh, based in Las Vegas. And um, so he is a uh, motocross, like a motorcycle uh, artist. And so he was practicing a jump um, outside on a, on a giant ramp and uh, he didn't hit his landing properly. Mm. And I mean, you can kind of visualize what happened next. He, he obviously had a crash and his leg got crushed underneath his motorcycle and basically his tibia and fibula. So his shin his two shin bones basically exploded out of his skin and snapped oh. in like multiple pieces. Um, so yeah, they had to put metal rods. And so I had to help him with his rehab um, along with our physios. And that was quite a process, but he, uh, he did recover and he's, he's doing really well, but yeah, I, that was a, a real shocking one to see. That was pretty gruesome. Um, yeah, that's crazy. It's like yeah, watching I mean, basketball highlights and the guy like lands and his ankle breaks or something, or his knee goes yeah. backwards or something. And I'm like, as someone yeah, who's had multiple like <laughs> leg issues, as has Randy, it's just I feel that so viscerally. I'm like, oh god, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't escape that. It's it's just a, it's a traumatic thing to see, no question. Yeah. Um, in terms of the common injuries, so at Cirque again, because of the different disciplines, it really depends. But 
we do with Cirque, you see a lot of like knee injuries just with the obviously they have to land from really high heights. Mm-hmm, um, right. So you do, you do tend to see a lot of knees, uh, shoulders, obviously with the aerial work and, and the acrobatics they do um, in hockey, a lot of hips. So, oh, um, yeah. you know, our medical staff does a really great job. I mean, our physios and ATs do a tremendous job. We actually have very few soft tissue injuries, which uh, really is a credit to them. Uh, but commonly that is something you do see in hockey a lot is like groin injuries. Um, so a lot of stuff around the hips, um, shoulders, you see just with the contact nature of the sport, you see a lot of shoulders being blown out and then concussions obviously is one that, you know, I think we'd all like to eliminate if we can, but, uh, Mm -hmm. unfortunately we still see those quite a lot. For sure. I mean, on that note, what are your quick thoughts on the Shifley suspension? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know. That was kind of a weird one. I, I don't know that I hated the hit all that much. I mean, I didn't, I'm again, I didn't watch it in super slow-mo or anything, but I didn't think he hit him in the head. Uh, I think if anything, you can make the argument that it probably wasn't necessary. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. and, and maybe it was a touch late, but I, I thought the suspension was maybe a bit much, especially given, you know, like he's not a goon. I mean, this is not something that Shifley yeah. does all the time. I, mm-hmm. You know, to three playoff games is to me a lot. And I was a little surprised to see that, to be honest. I, I think we're all of like mind because Randy and I discussed it at length and, and the same thing. I, I'm personally, I think I'm right in the middle because I feel like, um, did Shifley need to make the hit? No. Did right. he, you know, did, did, um, Evans leave himself, to, you know, vulnerable? Yeah. So he's, that's his, that's on him. Um, yeah. is four games too much? Yes. But, you know, I think it could have been solved if they gave him one game just as a bit of a pee slap and we move on issue, you yeah. know, no problem. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. Evan's okay and all that, but Winnipeg just exploded doing that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can imagine. I, you know, it's uh, well. My understanding is that Shifty has to miss the first game of next season as well. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's really too bad. Yeah, I, I thought maybe that was excessive, especially given some of the other suspensions being mm-hmm. handed out. I just or not. Yeah, yeah. Or not. It's just hard to really understand what the what the strategy is there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, what was I going to say? Oh, so even say say you were say you were working for the Habs and and Evans shows up, he shows up and sort of what would your what would your role be with him as as he's kind of stretchered off and he goes to the hospital as he's trying to rehab? Kind of what what would you how would you walk him through that? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, I would I would generally start working with him kind of day one. So it would be a collaboration between myself and our and the physios and ATs. And uh, obviously the medical doctors we have on, on staff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as soon as they feel like he's ready to get back into any sort of activity, whether it's just really light activity on the bike, um, you know, generally with concussions, we'll, we'll put them on like a stationary bike and try to control as much of the environment as we can. And we'll just monitor their heart rate at, you know, very low intensities and see how they can handle that and make sure we're not bringing up any symptomology. And, and then it's just progression from there. I mean, that's, that's really the story with, with anything, whether it's recovering from an injury or if it's working with a performer at Cirque du Soleil or working with an NHL player, I mean, at the risk of sounding too boring and too overly simplistic, I mean, it really <laughs> is this progression. It's yeah. start at A and go to B and then to C and then work your way to Z. And that's that's really the plan is just take baby steps and you'll eventually get there. As with anything. I mean, that's frankly, um, Randy and I, neither of us are very um, physically active or as much as we should be. We're definitely not <laughs> athletes, um, which is how it used say. to be an athlete. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I played hockey when they let us, but even then, um, with with anything, trying to be healthy or trying to 
eat well or, or work out or anything. It's, it's so easy to get lost in the, ah, oh, it's, I'm so far away mentality instead of doing like, as you say, the progression being like day by day, let's see what you can do today Let's see what we can do tomorrow yep. and let's keep moving forward. Um, it applies all over the place. It really does. I mean, the biggest thing is, um, is consistency, just mm-hmm. not giving up on it. I mean, it, it, like you said, just do little tiny little bits every day and a, over a course of a year, you'll be amazed at how much that adds up. Yeah. What's that like being from your perspective, like when you're dealing with, you know, freak athletes all the time, do you ever like, oh, I'm going to have a cheeseburger and then you're like, ah, oh, damn it. Like I can't. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could say that I'm, I'm awesome at that, but I'm not, <laughs> um, you know, part, I'll be honest. I mean, part of it is because I, I'm kind of getting out of this, but for a really long time, so much of my day was spent in weight rooms and talking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. The last thing in the world I wanted to do was work out. And right. I mean, I've always, yeah. I've always eaten pretty healthy to be honest. I'm to be fair. I do eat pretty well. And, um, so I'm, I'm pretty careful about that, but, but in terms of exercising, I mean, yeah, I'm massively hypocritical because I recommend all, for people to do this kind of stuff and I, I don't necessarily do a great job of it, but <laughs> I'm starting, I'm starting to do better at it. I'm starting to kind of get out of that phase of like just being so sick of being in a weight room, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I'm, I'm far from perfect when it comes to that stuff. Even Fair. it's like a doctor who smokes, right? Like I, I know what I should be doing, um, <laughs> but I, I just can't help myself. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I can only imagine. I can only, I need to start uh, working with some professional athletes here. Let's uh, get my, get my ass in gear. Uh, yeah, you do you ever, yeah. <laughs> sorry, do you ever come across situations where like someone's just not healing in the way that you'd hoped and maybe this is taking much longer than anticipated and how do you deal with those type of situations yeah i mean uh yeah i think everybody does i mean it, it luckily it happens very rarely uh, so yeah but no for sure i mean we've had instances where um you know there was one at circus lay uh, acting artist who's become a really good friend of my, mine and my wife's um and she had a knee injury um and for whatever reason no matter what we would do um you know from the physio perspective our medical doctor whatever you know i was doing from a, a physiology standpoint, it just didn't ever really seem to respond properly. Um, you know, and we, we really stuck with it and we tried everything for like six, eight months, nine months. It just wasn't going where we wanted to go. And sometimes you just have to go and, you know, we sent her back to the, to the surgeon and said, Hey, can, we need some more diagnostics on this. And sometimes it's just maybe something structurally didn't quite go right through the surgery. Sometimes it's, um, you know, it can be a miscommunication to the team medical staff and the coaching staff and, you know, what our expectations are versus what's the coach delivers, you know, you know, coaches can be somewhat impatient sometimes and they want players and artists no, back. As you don't as say. As yeah. <laughs> it, believe it or not, it happens. And so, you know, sometimes they'll try to hit fast forward and, you know, the knee or shoulder isn't quite ready for that. And that can cause some inflammation and we have to take a step back. I mean, these sorts of things happen or, you know, sometimes even, you know, myself or even a, a medical person can, just try something that does, they don't respond well to. And you just got to take a step, mm-hmm. you know, take a step back and, and do it again. And, you know, it's not always a big overhaul. Like you have to go back in and do surgery or anything, but sometimes it's just, you know what, let's take a few days off. Let's take a step back here and, uh, and we'll start again. And, and sometimes that just is the way it goes. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of coaches, do you interact with the, the actual, like behind the bench, <clears throat> excuse me, the behind the bench coaches regularly? Yep. Yeah. I see them every day. Um, you know, Cool. Generally speaking, we have, we have team meetings almost every day. Um, you know, as well, we're part of the like player development staff. So developing the individual development plans for each player, you know, the coaches and management are all part of those meetings, which I'm a part of. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's for me, aside from like the physiology stuff, sports science that I do for me, it's really interesting because I like hockey and I love sports, um, to just hear kind of the behind the scenes about, you know, what their thoughts of players are, like what trades they might be contemplating or, you know, (laughs) coming up, like which players they might consider leaving available for the expansion draft and the strategy for the NHL draft coming up. I mean, for me, I love that stuff. I mean, you know, my dream job, truthfully, I mean, I have a great job and I'm very lucky, but um, you know, my dream job, if I could be like the general manager of like an NFL team or something would be my, Ooh, right. I think my dream job. And so to hear these kind of conversations is just for me, super cool. I just love feel, it. Feel free to, to lay out the devil's expansion draft plans and the, the upcoming draft <laughs> plans. If you, if you I, want. I think I get in major trouble if I said anything, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I will listens, say about, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but I will say the cool thing about organization and, and you mentioned it earlier, like admittedly right now, we're certainly not in the top third of the league by any stretch, mm-hmm. but I think we really do have this young foundation. I mean, like Jack Hughes to me is just a future superstar. The guy's got, yeah. he's just dripping with talent. Uh, you know, met him once. he's a, he's a really great guy. Really <laughs> I yelled guy. at him. <laughs> you did? Well, not directly, but sort of, I was, uh, in Vancouver, we went, I was there for the draft, the most okay. cider draft for the Red Wings fans listening. Um, and, uh, a friend, a friend and I that we went there with, we were getting drunk at a outside patio afterwards, and Jack and Quinn walked by with a group of people, and oh, then funny. like they were kind of going down the street, and I just yelled, "Go Devils, woo!" or something, and then I got a thumbs up from Quinn as they kept walking. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I made it." Nice. Yeah, no, Jack is a really good guy. I mean, he's he's immensely talented. I I think. Uh, you know, for your fantasy season next year, he might be a guy you want to invest in. He's, he's a really talented player. You, you must know, just like, own your fantasy teams with all this inside information. <laughs> you know what? I don't play fantasy <laughs> hockey, and maybe it's because I'm, like, too afraid that I'm breaking rules or something. So I really don't do anything. <laughs> I don't want to jeopardize my job. So insider trading. Like, oh, not to yeah, mention like, the boys I'm coming at you. They're all asking you whether or not on your team. Yeah, yeah. One, of, one of my buddies did ask me about that as a joke. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, people are pretty good about that stuff. Uh, I do good. play fantasy football, though. I, I'm a big nerd for fantasy football. I love it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, actually, Randy is sort of a Buffalo Sabres fan, or at least he was. So it's interesting. What's your uh, just a quick clip of, of kind of your thoughts on Lindy Ruff working that closely with uh, with such an established and esteemed coach as that? Mm-hmm. He's hilarious. I'll tell you a very funny story about Lindy, and I don't think you'll sure. mind me hearing this. We at the end of the year, uh, we had like kind of a team celebration. So this was just for all the uh, for the hockey operation staff, so the coaches medical department, player development, all those guys. So they were, the organization treats us amazingly. And they, they took us on a, like a boat cruise around uh, the Hudson. So we got to see basically like all of New York city from the water at night and awesome. had some drinks and a meal. It was fantastic. And so uh, we were, we were driving right by the statue of Liberty. I mean, we were like a stone's throw away from the statue of Liberty. So yeah. a lot of people were kind of clamoring to the upper deck of the boat so we could get a great picture. And so I'm kind of leaning against the railing and I, uh, and I'm taking a picture of the Statue of Liberty. And then Lindy stands behind me and he's like, hey, hey, Dex, get out of the way. You know, I want to take a picture, like jokingly. <laughs> uh, and so I'm like, okay, I'm almost done. So I take a picture. And as I'm walking away, Lindy goes to me. He's like, uh, hey, Dex, take a look. Did I get a good picture of the Statue of Liberty? And he shows me a picture and it's a picture of my butt. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. <laughs> so that gives, gives you some insight into his sense of humor. But no, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a, I mean, the players really like him a lot. He's, uh, he's a very professional. Obviously, I mean, He's coached, I don't know how many games. Uh, I mean, he really is a legend of the NHL. So he's, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, I think we're very lucky to have him. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I was just quickly seeing how many games he had coached. Um, 
Well, I think he was quite a player too. If I'm not wrong, he was, uh, I think he was the captain of the New York Rangers or something at one point in his career. Yeah, I mean, really? what, yeah, he was, he was a pretty amazing hockey player too back in the day. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, his stats aren't going to blow you away, but they're, they're good. 48 points in 81, 82. Is he a defenseman? I'm know. not even sure to be honest. All right. He's got 1,493 games coached. Yeah, wow. he was a defense. Yeah. Defense slash left wing. Weird. So, yeah, that's pretty great. 48 points for a D-man. Take that. Not, not bad at all. Yeah. Um, cool. No, that's <clears throat> that's a great little story. And <laughs> it's great to hear. And that's what <clears throat> that's what the NHL needs. That's what they, they need more insight. They need more behind the scenes, more, more personality-based interaction mm-hmm. with the fans, which the NBA is amazing at. Which yeah. even NFL is if, okay if you at. if you watch the NFL network though like it's it's all day it's constantly biographies about players yeah. and like interviews with coaches and you get to see a ton of that behind the scenes stuff. They need to yeah, make I, a, I totally a drive agree. to survive for the NHL like for the F one. I agree. I and the I, the irony of it is the NHL players are hilarious and they're great guys. I mean they have really mm-hmm. strong personalities and they're they're great. I, yeah, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, historically, everyone sort of feels they need to be vanilla and kind of watered down. But mm-hmm. man, I mean, when you get the guys in private, they're hilarious and they've yeah. got great personalities. And I think the NHL, yeah, can and should do a much better job of marketing them. Like, like the HBO good. series is the, that they do yeah. for the Winter Classics are unreal. Those are my favorite things to yeah. watch every year. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's totally also good. they they want to be so vanilla, or they feel like they have to be because of the backlash. Like, there's there's the boomer hockey fans sitting there that. You know, if whoever, even Connor McDavid, says one thing that's not even controversial, but just not canned and boring, then they mm-hmm. just freak out as though. Well, look at PK Subban in Montreal. Right, he basically mm-hmm. got traded because, you know, he's too big of a personality, or he was bad in the room, or blah 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 blah. Right, it's like <clears throat> the dude speaks out and he's passionate, and and, and you're trying to stifle that, and it's it's really it's really funny. You, you just kind of yeah, I think you're spot on. It's funny because. You know, even with I think some of it's from fear of the players too. Is like, well, what's yeah. the media going to say? Because sure. you know, like I when I was living in Montreal, I mean, I had heard rumors of of PK Subban and stuff. But to be honest, he is a fantastic teammate, and he's great in the room, and the guys love him. Like, yeah. it's funny that uh, you know the stuff that you hear in the media just sometimes is is not really even close to reality. Because I mean, oh, PK, sure. he's a fantastic guy. Like, I really can't right. say enough good things about him. He's great. And not to throw too much shade, but I suspect. It's a little racially motivated in some ways, uh, but we don't need to get into that. I can't speak to that yep. for sure. But yep. that's you're probably right. Yep, that's a feeling. Um, I don't know how you feel about this, Adam, but it would uh, would you be up for doing like a quick kind of would you rather type rapid fire question thing? Yeah, of course. Anything you want, you fire away. Oh, nice. Actually, before we get to that, <laughs> I mentioned F one, and I think we both mutually follow them on Instagram. Um, are you an F one fan? You know what? I've never really been a race fan, but I will say when I was living in Montreal, um, I did get to go kind of around the F1 race in Montreal. And that was very cool. I mean, the way they kind of shut down the city and like you'll be walking down old port and you'll see like a a Lamborghini and a rate like an actual like F1 race car right in the middle of the street. I mean, so it's it's pretty cool. I can see how people are getting into it. And we have a few guys on the team who are really into cars. And uh, so I'm starting to kind of learn more about it. And I, I want to watch that Netflix series. Oh, and I, I feel like I might get hooked if I do that. Because Yeah, uh, that's that's my problem. I, I am like a full-on F1 head now. And <laughs> oh, until go. six months ago, I'd never never even watched one second of an F1 of anything. 
And then watch Drive to Survive, and now I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Lando Norris for McLaren is having a hell of a season. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and I don't need another sport to watch because I'm already I'm already a sport. Oh, it's the worst. I really don't need more. But yeah, I'm sure I'll watch it, and I'll become a big fan. So there you go. Yeah. Okay, so on that note, we'll start some questions here. First one, what's your favorite unconventional sport, whether it be uh, any, not of the big four? Okay, favorite unconventional sport. I mean, unconventional – I don't know how unconventional it is, but my favorite event, I'll tell you that my favorite sporting event, um, probably my favorite sporting event in the world actually is the hundred meter sprint, the men's hundred meter final in the Olympics. For whatever okay. reason, I just find that so captivating. I love is it. Is that I, the one that uh, Hussein Bolt wins all the time? It is. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I, the, one of the first ones I ever watched even Donovan Bailey won it. And I just remember uh, that being such a special right. moment. Maybe I got hooked because of that. But uh, to me, that that's probably my, uh, my favorite single sporting event. Yes. Nice. Randy, do you think you could run a hundred meters? Uh, not fast. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, me either. I had the quickest time I ever did in a 40 was like five and a half seconds. And I was pumped. <laughs> <laughs> That's all lineman speed. That's okay. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Okay. I was a center. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, Randy, what's your, I, we've touched on this before, but what's your favorite unconventional sport? Oh, slam ball, obviously. Oh, um, <clears throat> but uh, I wish that would come back. Uh, but of like, you know, the conventional, unconventional sports, I, I like. I do enjoy watching tennis for some reason. I'm not oh, sure what call. it is about it, but uh, I've always, I've always quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, I will also say I'm, I'm a big UF, uh, I'm a big UFC fan as well. But I, I mean, that's pretty conventional now, I guess. Yeah. Right. Like I said, for me now it's F1. I was big into darts a little while ago, and I still kind of keep an eye on that. I don't know if that counts as a sport, but that's that's me. Um. Ooh, let's see here. What's your favorite uh, your favorite sports movie, Adam? You have any Ooh. favorite sports movies? I love all sports movies. Um, <laughs> I mean, Happy Gilmore is a, a absolute gem. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, any given Sunday, I really love. Great football movie. Uh, you know what was a really great movie that I watched last year that probably not a lot of people saw? It's with Ben Affleck, and he plays a, a basketball coach. I think it's called oh. The Way Back. Or something. I, I watched that with my father-in-law and my wife last year. It's actually quite I, good. I That's loved it. I was really impressed. And nobody had ever talked about it. And I, I stumbled across it and I loved it. So anyway, if anyone's looking for a good sports movie, that's a great one. <laughs> good to know Randy. It's, it's Ben Affleck, it's ben Affleck pretty much being Ben Affleck, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, pr- I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's gets classic. No, I like uh, in terms of, I, I think the longest yard, like the remake with Adam Sandler and all those guys, really holds yeah. up. I think that's still a very good movie. Um, you broke it grit- in my nose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Gridiron Gang is certainly up there. Uh, Friday Night Lights also great. Oh, Friday Night Lights is a good one. Oh, Major yeah. League, I love Major League's a great one. Yeah, Major League is good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love the replacements. It's not like it's not a super sports movie, I guess, but great movie. To, you know, with the NFL scabs that come into play, I think it's great. Oh, that's the Keanu Reeves one. Right? Yes, yeah, yes, I do like that. He's Shane. Fal- watch that. Yeah, Shane Falco, man, he's he's number one in my fantasy drafts every year. <laughs> he's got the that intangibles. Yeah, I think Gene Hackman's in that. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Oh boy, man, I I don't watch nearly enough sports movies to even answer this question, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But um, I'll just defer to your guys' lists. Um, I think I watched too many of them. <laughs> I, I to this day I haven't watched Slapshot yet. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, I know. I need to give up my passport. I think. <laughs> um, uh, what, Adam, which uh, which NHL city arena would you is your favorite to travel to? Uh, you know what? The I mean, this is a bit of a Homer answer because I lived in Montreal, but the uh, 
the Bell Center is is pretty cool. I mean, Montreal, it's really nice. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Um, Boston was cool. I mean, the arena mm. itself is pretty dated, but I mean, the TD Garden is just it's just cool. Mm. Uh, Madison Square Garden is incredible. That, yeah. I mean, those are you know kind of classics. I guess those are, those are the cool ones. That's Actually, great. I'm looking forward to hopefully next year um, coming to Winnipeg as a visitor. I think would be kind of neat. So I'm, I'm yeah. hoping that that comes to fruition next year. <laughs> that would be neat. That would be awesome. Um, yeah. No. Okay, Randy. What about you? What would be your what's your favorite sports place to go? Probably the Ryderville. Uh, Mosaic's great. Um, MSG would be cool. Uh, I would love to go to Minnesota actually has quite a nice arena. I uh, haven't been to yeah. a wild game. I really like their place. Uh, I don't really have like a, a holy grail of ones. I'd like to go to Fenway park just because mm. all the history there the would Sox? be cool. Yeah. 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 Or, or, or Wrigley would be, uh, would be awesome. Well, I, I went to my wife and I went to Wrigley actually uh, two years ago. We went to a Cubs game and it was, it was great. I really recommend that. And just my dad's going to be very there. mad at me. If I don't mention Lambeau Field, because I've been to Lambeau <laughs> a few times with my dad, and he loves the Packers, and if I didn't mention that, he'd be very upset. So I'll say uh, Lambeau Field's very cool too, even uh, though I'm not a Packer. I've still never even gone to an NFL game, unfortunately. Um, but uh, for me, it was always the Joe Lewis for obvious reasons. Um, but that is gone. Haven't been to the LCA yet. But um, otherwise, yeah, Bell Center's a good one. I would, I'd love to check out. I don't really like the Habs, but it'd be cool to see uh, see a game at the Bell Center. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been to MSG, not in it. I went to the Barclays Center, which is dog shit. I'm glad they don't play there anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, otherwise, what other pops to mind? I don't know. Yeah, that, that's probably Detroit, I guess I'd have to say. Mm-hmm. I would love to check out Allegiant Stadium once it's all up and running there. Oh, yeah. Is that the one in Vegas? Yeah, that's the one in Vegas that's going that up for the, cool, yeah. for the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Isn't it like six billion dollars or something something bananas. it's stupid it's <laughs> crazy like that, yeah. adam who is your nfl team uh the cleveland browns the browns Whoa. yeah i'm probably the only person in north america <laughs> other than cleveland. but yeah I, I actually growing up i was a massive green bay packers fan because i i worshiped brett Favre. he was my favorite athlete right um and then uh you know when when he kind of retired i didn't really know who i liked and then Cleveland was kind of always the lovable losers. Like they were just so bad. It was almost humorous. Right. So I kind of just adopted them. And then, uh, you know, now they're, they're doing great. So it's actually fun to be able to root for them now. Mm-hmm. Getting better. They got a good young base there. So hopefully they can improve. Yeah, I think so. That's so wild. Um, Randy, what's your favorite? What's your NFL team? Buffalo oh, right. Bills, baby. Josh Allen's wearing a visor this year. He's going to win MVP. We're going to win a Super Bowl. That's it's Lindy Ross' favorite uh, it's team as well. Excellent. Well, perfect. Me and Lindy are going to be pals. Yeah, he loves them. <laughs> Taking pictures of Adam's butt and cheering for the <laughs> Those um, are his two favorite pastimes. Yep. <laughs> that's what he does in his off time. Um, that's right. <laughs> so, again, I don't really have an NFL team. I, just by default, I picked the Lions just because they're terrible and it's fun to be sad. Um, <laughs> what? Actually, now that you work for the Devils, maybe you're not allowed to say, but what's your favorite hockey team? Or NHL team? I mean, uh, growing up, obviously, it was Winnipeg, of course. But uh, I remember, like, going to watch Timo Solani, and he was he was just, like, he was just the man for me. I, I just loved him. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the, I mean, the Jets, for sure. I mean, now, obviously, I'm employed by the Devils, and obviously, I have a lot at stake with them. So, I'm obviously rooting for the Devils more than anyone by a large yeah. margin. But, um, of course, my second favorite team, of course, is the Winnipeg Jets. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you have vested interest. I understand. I understand. You know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, okay. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, or Alexander Ovechkin? 
if I was building a team or at their peak, who would I take? I'd take sure. Crosby. I think, I think he's the uh, the most all-around best player out of the three. I mean, they're all amazing. Don't get me wrong. I don't think you could have a bad pick, but I, I'd pick Crosby, of course. But Malkin's made out of tissue paper, so um, <laughs> probably, yeah. Crosby's... I'm, I'm glad that he worked through the concussion issues he had at the beginning of his career to really mm-hmm. be like an Iron Man now. Yeah, and he's got a, an amazing reputation around the league for just being a solid guy, too. I mean, for yeah. a guy as talented as him... I mean, he works hard. He treats people with respect. He's he's kind of everything you'd want in a, a captain of your team. And you have pictures of the mumps for of him with the mumps if you really want to laugh. So, <laughs> <That's right>. um, <laughs> Randy, what do you say? Uh, same answer. I pick in Crosby. The guy is just like he's unreal. We went to a game in Minnesota to watch uh, the Wild against Pittsburgh because that's my wife's favorite team. And uh, yeah, like just just watching him every shift and just he does everything right. Like he's. Yeah. He's so smooth. He makes it look so effortless. I would, I would pick Crosby. I like Crosby. I hate the pens, um, but yeah, no, it, it, I think it has to be Crosby. Uh, Ovi's the greatest goal scorer in NHL history, um, but uh, I don't think that it really depends on where. If like, say, he was stuck in Columbus his whole career, like you know Rick Nash, or he doesn't have anyone like Nicholas Backstrom to really support him, mm-hmm. I'm not sure he has the the same career. Um, <clears throat> Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, or Bobby Orr. Man, I, I think the right answer is probably Wayne Gretzky, but I will I I loved Mario Lemieux. I just thought he was so silky smooth Ooh. and the size he was just with the quote. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know if you can see anything here, Adam, but Randy wrote uh, a Mario Lemieux quote on the board behind him in preparation for this episode. So that's <laughs> oh, there you go. Serendipitous. I, I, I picked the right answer then. There you go. Yeah, you did. Yeah, no, I think if he had played a full career like like, like Gretzky did, I think Lemieux probably would have been neck and neck, if not ahead of Gretzky. So, mm-hmm. um, Randy, what about you? Gretzky, Lemieux, or Orr? Um, probably gonna go Gretzky. I think the guy was just unreal. I mean, he did a lot of protection, right? No one ever really touched him, so that's kind of a different. You know, yeah. he sort of had his his invisible wall, but uh, I, I still think he's one of the greatest to ever do it, right? So you can't really go wrong with any of those choices. But I, I'd probably true. go Gretzky. I think I'll go Gretzky by a, by a hair, just just for what he did, not what he could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, on that point, um, who do you think? Uh, do you think Ovechkin has a shot at, at hitting his uh, his goal total? I, mean, I think he's got a chance. It's gonna take. I don't know how many. I think he's a few seasons away yet of like fifty goals for the next three seasons or something like that. I think he's got a ways <laughs> to climb still yet. Yeah, uh, I mean that record is unbelievable. But uh, I mean, hey, he's you know I kind of thought he'd start slowing down and he's not so. He's got a shot. Yeah. Remember when the NHL, everyone lost their minds when Ovi had that 32-goal season in like 2013 or something? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no. Is this the end yeah. of Ovechkin? And then he had 800 <laughs> more goals after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was panicking for no reason. Yeah. Um, if you could have dinner with any one of the following people, who would it be and why? Barack Obama, Maria Sharapova, LeBron James, or Sean Avery? <laughs> Sean Avery. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think... I I don't know like I gotta say Barack I think <laughs> yeah same I just think with his experience I mean he's he's probably met everyone you could possibly imagine and just he's a part of history I think that's uh, he'd be an incredible conversation and when he sunk that free throw just that random the 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 three pointer there when he was on the campaign trail with Biden just like a boss <laughs> um, yeah he does seem like a cool guy too so I, I yeah. think yeah I think Barack yeah I just finished reading his book and I think it'd be fascinating to pick his brain but uh, yeah he's brilliant one hundred percent. How about you, Randy? 
Uh, I think I pick Obama as well. I think, uh, you know, sit back on the couch. He's not a president anymore. Sit back, you know, roll up, spark up, have so a conversation. Aliens. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Are they real? Can you tell me now? Yeah. Is what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably have the same conversation with Sean Avery if you don't care if it's true. Probably. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was looking here. This is actually a question that I was looking through, or these are questions that I found that are actually directed at a player. So I'm finding ones to to kind of make them. Uh, ooh, this is interesting. Um, who would you want as an actor, Adam, to play you in a movie? To play your your life player oh. and your co-starring actress. Who 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 would be you and your wife? I guess. Oh geez, uh, I don't know that my life would be all that entertaining for a movie. I'll start by saying that, <laughs> but uh, I, that's a good question. Uh, I mean. I'll just tell you actors that I like. I mean, I don't know. This this seems like if I say anything, it's going to come across as so pretentious and so douchey that I don't want to say it. Be pretentious. Um, be douchey. Lean into it. I'll say like Steve Buscemi can be, play me because that's... Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's... He's a great actor and I feel like physically that's maybe a, a humble thing for me to say. Uh, and then for my wife, uh, maybe Scarlett like Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Buscemi and whoever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so we already know that Randy would be played by Kevin James. Um, 100%. Who would, who would you get to play your wife, Randy? Oh, do I just go full King of Queens and do Lay Remini or what? Just for the, <laughs> the natural chemistry? Um, I'm going to pick... Who am I going to pick? Who's it going to be? I'm going to pick... Want someone funny? Who's funny? Zoe Deschanel. Why not? Man, I was thinking Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> I was like, if he doesn't say it, I'm gonna say it. Wow, you guys wow, are in wavelength today. It's a good Sunday. Um, for me, I mean, I, I've always, I was jokingly say I'd be uh, played by Steven Seagal in his later years. <laughs> and uh, lawman Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> and my, uh, yeah, no, my. <clears throat> my wife is small and Asian and I'm trying to think of any small Asian actresses. Uh, Pick Sandra. Oh, she's a boss. <laughs> sure. Sure. It's the wrong kind of Asian, but we can make it, make it work. Um, anyway, anyway, if you, if you didn't get into the career you're in Adam, what career would you like to do? Uh, yeah, I'd probably go into medicine or something, probably be a surgeon or something like that. Truthfully, uh, <laughs> just, I, I think that's, I've just become really interested in obviously rehabilitation and being a part of that process to, to actually be able to do the initial stage of it would be pretty neat, I think. And, uh, yeah, probably, probably some sort of surgery, orthopedic surgery. Interesting. Interesting. Again, not something I would ever think to do. Um, but all the power to you. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh what's the one item you always need when you're traveling? Um well a toothbrush is always handy. Uh <laughs> you know, I, I like I'm a I like taking pictures a lot. I mean anytime I, my wife and I travel anywhere or if I go anywhere with the team, I, I always have my phone out taking pictures. So I'll save my phone, but really it's for the camera. I, uh, I, yeah. I love taking pictures and we my wife and I always put together like annual photo albums of all of our trips and everything and so that's something I want to stay on top of. I think it's fun to look back on all those things. I enjoy that's that cool. a lot. That's cool. Okay, so we, we've we definitely taken enough of your time. Real quick, I want to bring up 
when I was looking you up for this, I found uh, a little clip for on ratemyprofessors.com, and I want to read the the one, <laughs> oh, one no. student rating. Um, oh, no. <laughs> there's only one. Uh, it says, uh, this is by Kin3304. I don't know if that's the person's name or what, but... Um, Art or ART. I don't know if that's the course name. I don't know anything about this. Yeah, it was advanced resistance training. Yes. There you go. Because I was going to say, I don't think it's an art class, but okay. <laughs> no, um, definitely not. Advanced resistance, whatever you said, training is so easy. Adam's tests are so clear. You get particip- participation marks for joining the class in the gym every Thursday. Adam is pretty cute too, especially in toques. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, she's got a thing for Steve Buscemi, I guess. I don't know. I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, clearly. Who doesn't? <laughs> Big Boardwalk Empire fan. Um, That's right. <laughs> and also, before we let you go real quick, I, I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit on um, what do you think of chiropractors? Is that is it legit? Is it not legit? Is it kind of somewhere in the middle? How do you feel? I think for, you know, for anything, it, it depends on the person. You know, I, to be honest, I've had um, chiro treatment uh, and it worked great for me. I've mm-hmm. had other people who have seen chiros and they didn't get much out of it. But that, I think that's true of any profession. I think you just find something that works and you stick with it. But uh, I mean, I'll say this. When I went to Cairo, I, I used to get headaches all the time. And then I, when I started seeing a Cairo regularly, I did get less and less headaches to the point where I almost wasn't getting them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for me, it was a, it worked out fantastic. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, if so, I'm, I would certainly wouldn't say a blanket statement to do it. And I wouldn't say don't do it. I think, uh, you know, if you if you want to explore it, I think there's no harm in trying it. And then um, see where it takes you from there. Fair enough, fair enough. How yeah, do you feel about them calling themselves doctors? I've heard some, like, medical doctors get real upset. And I've also, I mean, I guess you have a, a PhD, so it's not an MD. Um, right. So maybe you're, you're just, how, how do you feel about the whole doctor thing? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I don't care who calls themselves a doctor. I, it's just, it's... I don't know. I mean, we're, we're doctors of podcast. That's what we're going to start. Even the, uh, like in the U.S., for example, like if you're a physiotherapist in Canada, you get a master's degree. But in, in the U.S., the equivalent is a doctor of physical therapy. So physios in the States are doctors. So right. it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I mean, everybody's a doctor nowadays. So I don't really. I'm not too. <laughs> Facebook I'm not too doctors. Bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm, yeah. Before we let you go, I got one question. And since you don't want to play fantasy hockey, you're going to make a decision for my team this year. Okay. Oh God! <laughs> Who okay. do I keep? Kirill Kaprizov or Nikolai Ethers? Oh man! Like for next season, you mean? Yeah, for next season, I got to pick one. Oh boy! No I pressure mean, or anything. That, that kid in Minnesota looks pretty darn good. I, you know, Ethers had a great year, and he's got a lot of talent around him. Probably more than Kaprizov. I would probably say stick with Ehlers only because you kind of know what you're getting with him. And the talent around him is, is pretty robust. So I'd, I'd probably go with him, but maybe I'm Done. maybe because I'm from Winnipeg, I'm saying that. This will have, this will have huge impact on my repeat championship. This if you year, lose so. because of that decision, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Randy likes to gloat. I do. It's fun. <laughs> only because Reg would... created the league and he has yet to win. So Yeah. Yeah. Seven, <laughs> eight years there. in. Haven't won a damn thing. Um, but anyway. I would have said Ehlers as well. So I'll trade you um, like my fifth rounder for Kaprizov. Oh, okay, Let's totally. Let's yeah. do it. Trade up. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Well, this has been a blast. Uh, a little bit of insight into the NHL, a little of everything, uh, Cirque du Soleil, some sports science stuff. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we let you go? Who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Ooh, good call. 
Uh, I don't even remember who's. So it's Islanders in Tampa and Habs. Uh, Golden and Vegas. Knights, uh, yeah. Um, if it's a Habs Islanders fan, I'm gonna or a final, I'm gonna stop being a hockey fan. But um, I I think my money's on Tampa. Yeah, I think I have to agree. I think Tampa. I'm rooting for the Islanders only because uh, Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac were on our team and got <laughs> traded, and they're truly <laughs> the nicest people you could ever meet. Yeah. And Zay Jack's from Winnipeg, and he's he's fantastic. So I, I would love to see them win for those two guys. But uh, yeah, I, I think Tampa Bay's probably going to do it. Well, they're eighteen million or something over the cap, so I guess that's may as well use it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, as far as the the Habs Golden Knights, I have an uh, unreasonable hatred for the Knights, or not hatred. I just dislike them um, for all sorts of reasons. So I really don't want them to win, but I also don't want the Habs to win because they don't deserve <laughs> to be in the finals. But, I feel like the Knights are going to crush them in that series, personally. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, I think they're just a very talented team. If they could take out Colorado, who is leaps and bounds ahead of the Habs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. My, my pick is for Vegas this year, I think. I think they're going to do it. Yucky. I don't want so them to, but I think they're going watch. to. It'll be the Canadians now that we've all set up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Adam. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Um, wish you all the best. Hope you, you know, your family and everybody's having a good time in, in New Jersey. Um, it's a Jersey thing. Um, <laughs> we need to have a, like a Canadians in Jersey reality show. So TLC hit us up. Let's get it happening. Yeah, um, let's do it. <laughs> but awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank it was you. a pleasure, guys. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Cheers, man. Talk talk no talk later. Okay. All right. That was fun. I love hearing behind the scenes hockey stuff. It's isn't it's, it great? Yeah. Anytime you can get behind the scenes in sports or just something that you only ever see the one side of, it's great. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that, like I said, NHL doesn't do it nearly well enough um, to really get behind to understand what's going on and. I don't know. I hope that they eventually evolve. Maybe with the new TV deal with TNT and stuff. Perhaps. Maybe they'll. I don't know. Anyway, um, thank you so much for listening, folks. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, definitely, yeah. Follow. Check out the Devils. Follow the Devils if if you're into uh, if you're into hockey. I watched a bit. I of had them a this Devils year. jersey once. It was great. Oh, I remember being a kid and like there was controversy that there was a team called the Devils, and uh, in our little <laughs> religious town. And, uh, yeah, you weren't really, it was, it was not good. You didn't like it. Mama says it a devil. (laughs) You've been playing foosball behind (laughs) my back. Um, anyway, folks, definitely go to, um, yeah, let's get yourself some manscaped. I don't know. I'll probably throw it in before. So you probably already heard the ad. Um, get yourself some manscaped 20% off and go to patreon.com. Help support the show. If uh, that's up your alley for as little as three bucks a month, you get bonus content, free merch, um, giveaways, you know, a whole bunch of special little perks for uh, supporting the show. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. Hit us up by email, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I believe Reg was hoping to push me into the Idiot Hall of Fame shout outs with that little Patreon yeah, shout there. Like and I effed that up. <laughs> So we're going to do it right now. <laughs> Obviously, if you donate at the $7 level or above, you get yourself your weekly shout out in the Idiot Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. 
what what and this very day here first up we have uh janet gooden thank you for your support indeed lovely lovely lady followed by mr brian moore brian moore brian <laughs> uh we also have mitchell buck pierce buck Buckers. Buckers. Purse. Followed by Kayla, Kayla Lundberg, and on behalf of her and Jordan Peters, uh, thank you so much, friends. You're a friend. You're my, you're my friend. Uh, we also have Big Drew, Drew McDonald, the Sir colonizer Drew. himself. The Drew, Big uh, Drew. Yeah, those are the thank those you. are them. I think don't, for, them. don't oh, you missed. forgot you forgot yeah. our darling show mother. I did. I'm gonna tell her that because I know she's not gonna listen to this and she's gonna be crushed. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, Danny Duick, lovely lady. Thank you. Sorry, <laughs> we were going out of order. I was just picking off the list. I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm so sorry. Don't hurt I'm me. So- sorry, please, please don't spank me. Um, her hair is crazy right now. I know, right? That's where that's from. That's where me curls come from. So full, lush, luscious. The Amazon rainforest. Mm. Uh, but anyway, that's all that Garnier fructus. <laughs> fructus. Uh, so that's Idiot Hall of Fame, $7 tier and above. Boom. You get a shout out because we love you a little bit more. And uh, we'll discuss your hair and such. Yes, of course. <laughs> so thank you to all of them. Thank you to everybody that listens. Thank you to all of our patrons, all of our listeners, all of our supporters. Get yourself some Two Idiots merch at teespring.com search for the two idiots you'll find it um yeah i don't know anything else we need to yeah. you know you know where to find us go find us go tell your friends tell your family tell every single person you know that you listen to the two idiots podcast and they should too here's hoping adam shares this episode all throughout the new jersey devil's locker room we're gonna get so... like 72 listens all out of new jersey it's gonna be insane <laughs> pk come on on whenever you like <laughs> yeah we're down Let's just yeah. we'll, we'll put in we'll put in a special request. Anybody on the roster, if if you're listening to this, happy. Jack Hughes and I are already basically best friends, so we can have yeah. you on. Nico, uh, Mr. Mr. On, Freak athlete uh, Mackenzie Blackwood himself. Yeah, you can uh, you can come on the show and tell us all about how much more in shape you are than us. <laughs> I mean, six four, two twenty five. That's a He's bit a of a Mack truck already. Yeah, it's wild. Unreal. Unreal. Hope you folks have a great day. This has been fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really good conversation. I really enjoyed it. This week, we're played out by local band playing as Ghosts. And we're going to be playing the song Safety Pin off their 2020 album Sleepless Shadow. So check them out wherever you get your music. And here we go. And uh, I guess we're out of here. Peace. Bye.